0: Church family. My name is Fomi and I'm excited that you are worshiping and being a part of our online service today. I'd like to share with you what worship has been like in recent times for me. Um, towards the end of a very busy period at work for me, I knew that I needed to get refreshed. I knew that I wanted um, some changes in my mental, my spiritual space and that was the state of my heart when I came across the Daniel Fast and I got interested in that and I embarked on it so what during that period of the Daniel Fast I studied a little bit about the life of Daniel and I was reminded of Daniel's love and devotion for God. One of the ways he expressed that was by spending certain times with God, um, praying, just planting himself before God and talking to God. And I decided I was going to do that. So in recent times, worship for me has put a spotlight on prayer. Prayer has been a way that I've been worshipping God more than I did in previous months. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9 is where our Lord Jesus Christ taught us how to pray to God in heaven. And the first petition he gave us was, Our Father in heaven, let your name be praised. So I'm going to implore you and invite you into worship today to to let God's name be praised in your thoughts, in your words, and in, in your actions. Come, let us worship our God.
1: Come on, sing this with us, just one word one word You calm the storm that surrounds me Just one word The darkness has to retreat Just one touch I feel the presence of heaven Just one touch my eyes were open to see, my heart can't help but believe, come on, there's nothing that our God can't do, there's not a mountain that he can, he can move, oh praise the name that makes a way, there's nothing that our God can do, just one.
2: Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior.
3: It's been so great to gather with you in this way as we've sung together, and, and I just continue to appreciate that, that we can worship together even when we're in the different locations and different households and sitting on different couches, you know? I, I just continue to marvel at the church of Jesus and how beautiful the church is when we are unified in love and in purpose. It reminds me of the prayer that we see Jesus pray in John 17. He, he, he gives this amazing prayer for his disciples. And then towards the end of this prayer, he actually prays for the future church. He, he prays for you and for me. In fact, listen to this. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one father And so friends, with that prayer as a a bit of a framework for us, I want to just spend a few moments praying for all of the churches that are in this beautiful Quad City area. So allow me to pray over us. Lord, we give you thanks for all of the amazing churches that are found in the QC area. Churches that are doing such great work, loving people and serving people in our cities. And Lord, I just would pray that you would amplify their reach, that you would amplify their ministry and their anointing. Lord, I ask that you would enhance the love that they demonstrate in our cities. May all of our congregations, may all of the churches in this area be faithful witnesses to your death and resurrection. Lord, we are living in a deeply divisive time right now. You you know this, we've experienced this. Many churches are feeling the effects of this. Many churches are experiencing brokenness in relationship and fellowship. And and Lord, I I just would ask that you protect unity in this season. You would help us identify the essentials of our faith and then to live with an open hand and gentle spirit uh, as it relates to anything that's non-essential. Help us to discern those things well. Jesus, it's our heart's desire to see each person in the QC area, come to understand your love and faithfulness and to step into the fullness of life that you offer. May we, as in every church in the area, may we never lose sight of the mission that you've placed in front of us. We pray all of these things in your name, amen and amen.
4: perhaps you caught it about a month ago, August 21st. There was this epic game that was played between the New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox. And, uh, and what made this game particularly unique was that it was played just a few hundred yards from where the ball field of the original movie that came out 32 years ago, Field of Dreams, um, was filmed. And there were only about 7,500 people in attendance, but it was not how many people were there, it was where it was held that made all the big scenes. I don't, I don't know how many of you remember the movie, most of you in this room are way too young, you don't remember uh, the Kevin Costner movie, Field of Dreams, but if you do remember that movie, if you've seen it since then, you know that it was an iconic movie about uh, this guy. As a matter of fact, I want to read you, because it's actually relevant for us this morning, kind of a description of that, of that movie. Okay, so here we go. Ray Kinsella, who's played by Kevin Costner, is a 36-year-old man. He lives with his wife Annie and their daughter Karen on their Iowa corn farm. Ray, a devoted baseball fan, is troubled by his broken relationship with his late father. And he fears growing old without achieving anything. He fears growing old without achieving anything. And can I tell you that what Ray feels and what causes him to To build this field, you know, if you build it, they will come. What what causes him to to build this field is this desire to not live a life of insignificance. And that very same feeling that Ray, that Kevin Costner, who plays Ray in that movie, feels and experiences in his spirit and heart is the exact same feeling I think all of us feel. We all wonder, is our life going to achieve anything? We all want to know that. Will we be able to say at the end of our life that, that we achieved significance, that there was something significant about our life? And I just have to tell you, that question haunts all of us at some level of our life. We lay in bed and we ask ourselves the question, am I actually achieving anything? As a matter of fact, if I ask you right now to raise your hand and, and ask you how many of you have felt that, I won't do it because that's a... It, It can be a really soul, a deep soul thing. But I guarantee you, I I would bet $50 that every person in this room has felt that. Is my life actually achieving anything of significance? And here's what I believe with all my heart. So many people are chasing after significance, chasing after meaning, chasing after purpose, but the problem is they will never find it. And the reason they'll never find it is because they're looking in the wrong places. They're looking in the wrong places. They're looking for the perfect relationship. They're looking for the perfect job. They're looking for the, the perfect house. They're looking for the perfect whatever. And because of that, they'll never actually achieve it. If I finally get 3,000 people uh, on my Instagram account, woo, I will achieve something. If I finally get 1,000 people following me on this or that, if, if I make a video on TikTok and it has 10,000 know, viewers, woo, I will achieve something, right? And, and that's what our society goes after today. The problem is we won't find significance there. It won't ultimately feed our soul. Some of us end up playing pinball with our lives. Now, I know, again, some of you have no idea what I just said there. Pinball? What in the world is pinball? It's this old game long before, uh, you know, video games (laughs) today. You actually had to go up to this big machine, and you had a little steel ball, and I think there's a video. and, and, And there's this little steel ball that goes everywhere and just gets you know, goes off bumpers and everything. And I just have to tell you, some people's lives are kind of like that little steel ball. They're just reacting to things. They're not actually being creative. They're actually not being proactive. They're being reactive to the things that life is throwing at them. A Gallup organization not long ago did a survey of Americans, and this is what they found. They found that 8 out of 10 People will get up and go to work tomorrow morning to a job that they hate or certainly do not like. And can I just tell you, that's not what Jesus intended for you. And I know what some of you are saying. Okay, so Chris, is this a message about changing jobs? Not necessarily. It's a message much more about connecting with the God of the universe in and which through you actually find your purpose. In and what's through you actually find your meaning. In and what's through you actually find the significance that your soul longs for. Because you won't find it in that perfect relationship. You won't find it in that that other person. You won't find it in that perfect job. You won't find, by the way, you won't find it in a perfect church either. Because here's the deal. If you walk into a perfect church, as soon as you walk in, it's no longer perfect. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Right? Because none of us are perfect. That's why, that's why the Hebrews writer writes in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 focus our eyes on Jesus, the completer of our faith. We've got to focus our eyes on him. Not a casual pursuit, but a purpose filled pursuit. And I just want to encourage you stop being satisfied with binge watching Netflix. Stop being satisfied with just scrolling through your iPhone or scrolling through your smartphone and looking at Instagram all the time. Stop being satisfied with those things and actually try being satisfied with the God of the universe who can actually fill you up and fill you with joy and fill you with purpose and fill you with meaning. He's the only one who can. He's the only one who can. Now, I'm not anti-Netflix crud. I've got, this is embarrassing, what I'm about to share with you is very embarrassing. I've got, you know, in my home, I've got a subscription to Netflix, Disney Plus, Discovery Plus, and I've got cable, and I watch television about an hour a week at the most. So, you know, I'm I'm just an idiot, I'm just an absolute idiot. Now my kids are well taken care of, um, and they hardly watch any television either, but, so it's not that I'm anti those things, not at all. I'm not anti. And and here's the thing: we're in the football season. Some of you, there is football season, and then there's the boring rest of the year, right? I mean, I get that. But here's the deal: you won't actually be filled up in meaning and satisfaction just by watching every game. Now, I love football, but I want to put football in its place. I, I don't want to. I don't want football or anything else to get in the way of everything that God has for me. So. What I want to do for the next few moments this morning is I just want to build a foundation, okay? I want to to start at the very bottom and build a foundation for the things that I think Holy Spirit wants to say to us in the next few moments. Here we go. We're going to start at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And some of you have heard these verses many, many times, but I'm doing it on purpose. Here we go. The Word of God is alive and powerful. Say alive. And say powerful. The Word. Great job, by the way. The Word of God is what it is. And it's, say it one more time, the word of God is what? And it's, it's powerful. The word of God is not dead, it's what? It's alive. So that means it's speaking to us even today. On September 26, 2021, God's word is actually speaking to us. It wants to speak to us today. It's an active word. It's not just something that was written thousands of years ago and no longer has meaning and purpose. It is alive for us today. It has meaning for us today. It has significance for us today. Does that make sense? That's why we need to spend time in it. Right? So I'm just building a foundation. The Word of God is not boring. The Word of God is not dead. The Word of God is not irrelevant. It is alive and powerful. It is alive and it's powerful for our lives. Number two, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail. Say every detail. Every detail. Say every detail. every detail. Of their lives. He delights in every detail of your life. The God of the universe, who made the Himalayan mountains without breaking a sweat, that God actually cares about every detail of your life. He really does. That's mind boggling to me that He loves us that much, but He does. He cares about every detail. He knows what's breaking your heart. He knows what's frustrating you right now. He knows the things that are deep in your heart in your spirit right now. He knows those things. And then, so God's word is living and active and powerful. And he cares about every detail of our life. Now check check this out. Again, you know this passage, many of you. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't depend on your understanding. Seek his will in all that you do and he'll show you which path to take. God desires to guide you and guide me in the paths that lead to significance. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on just your own, oh, I think I ought to do this, or I think I ought to do that. No, trust in God with what he wants you, and he will actually guide you. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path god wants to guide us he wants to direct us he wants to lead us towards significance but what happens is that so many of us kind of come to church and we do the church thing and then we walk out the doors and we don't ever think again about how he wants to guide and direct and lead us but he does and he does it through his word which again is living and powerful so great passage of scripture in the new testament of the bible of Jesus living this out with the disciples. Matthew chapter 4. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon Peter and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and Zebed- James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. And Jesus called them. And immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. See, Peter, Jimmy, Jesus wanted Pete and Andy and Jim and John to follow him and to experience all that he had for them. And it wasn't the fact that they were fishermen and that was somehow a dead-end job. That wasn't the point. Because interestingly enough, they still fished at other times in their life even after becoming disciples. But it was their commitment to be with Jesus that was gonna make the difference. Catch that. It wasn't that they had to leave their job, it was their commitment to actually spend time with Jesus and allowing him to guide them into the purpose and meaning and the significance that he had for their life. Their meaning and purpose was gonna come out of their time spent with him and following him. It wasn't gonna be spent with their nets, it was gonna be spent with him. Fast forward from that day, That day when Jesus said, Hey, Pete, Andy, Jim, John, come follow me. Fast forward to the time when I'm gonna go three years down the road. Jesus has been crucified. He's come busting out of the tomb. He's resurrected. He's actually gone back to heaven. And now, Pete and John are on their way to a prayer meeting. And they're they're gonna go pray at the temple. And on their way, they're outside. They're just about to walk inside the temple. And they're about to go through this gate. And this gate happened to be called the beautiful gate. And sitting there just outside the beautiful gate was this guy who had been lame from birth. Had, hadn't been able to walk since he was born. Paralyzed from the time he was born. And I don't know if he had a cardboard sign with a little sharpie that said paralyzed, please help. I don't know. But he, he, he just said, he would just every day, he would just say, hey, he'd come there and just say, please help, please help. And people would give him money so that he could eat. So he's sitting there, and Jim and John stumble upon him as they're walking in, and this is what happened. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. And the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. Woo-hoo! But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. And the guy inside is saying, well, crud, then stop talking to me. But I'll give you what I have, Pete said. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Say those words get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. And then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Now, I don't have time to talk, but do you understand what's happening there? This guy's never walked in his life. Think of how he has no muscles. He's got no muscles at all. I mean, his legs are not looking like Steve Abel's legs. They're not looking like that. <laughs> By the way, pray for Steve. He's running the Chicago Marathon next week. And uh, so, hey, go Steve. Okay, we believe in you. Do a great job. Okay? But his, he had no muscles. And now he gets up and he's dancing and leaping. That is a how, how many of you have ever had your leg fall asleep? And then you get up and you try and walk? Imagine never walking. And now you're standing and you're leaping. That was a bona fide miracle. These guys were fishermen. And then they joined Jesus and they came out of that experience. And here's the deal fast forward one chapter. That was chapter, Acts chapter 3. Go to Acts chapter 4. Pete and John are arrested by the, the, the spiritual leaders of their day. Who are not too happy with this whole Jesus movement thing. And they pulled, they pulled Pete and John in. And this is what they say. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. This is so key, this phrase. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus. It's a difference maker. Spending time with him alone, just you and him. Out of that comes significance. Out of that comes purpose. Out of that comes power. Out of that comes meaning. Out of that comes deep soul satisfaction. So what does that look like for us today? Well, I think it probably, among other things, looks like us getting involved in maybe a life group or a learning group here at Heritage. It, it looks like connecting with someone that you respect spiritually. Maybe there's someone in your life that you know, would be awesome if they attend Heritage, but whatever. Just, is there someone in your life that you know that you really respect spiritually? And just getting together with them and asking them, how do you develop your relationship with Jesus? Getting around other guys or gals who are growing and just spending time with them. Reading your Bible, starting in the New Testament of the Bible, picking a book like the book of James or the book of John, it's just beginning to read the Bible and asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you please open my eyes to the things you want me to see? All this to say, make your relationship with Jesus a priority in your life. And Jesus said to his disciples one day, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, if you try and keep doing everything you just kind of want to do, you're going to end up losing it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? So let me just ask you, and I know it's early on a Sunday morning. I get it. But let me just ask you, what's distracting you from all that God has for you? Is it a league that you're in? Is it a hobby? Is it an activity? Is it a relationship? Is it a mindless activity? What's keeping you from all that God has for you? And number two, How are you limiting yourself from all that God has for you? What lies are you believing? Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough for the Bible. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not talented enough. Too many people have what I call the Moses Syndrome. In, in Exodus chapter 3 in Exodus chapter 4 the Old Testament of the Bible, God comes to Moses and he said, Mo, I want to use you to do amazing things. And Moses says four times over and over and over again, he says, God, no, I'm not good enough. God, I can't talk right. God, I'm just not capable of doing this. And finally you get to Exodus chapter 4, verse 13. Moses, again, for the fourth time, he pleads, Lord, please send anyone else. <laughs> like anybody, God. That's how Moses started. But now, fast forward and look at the New Testament, the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, where it says, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who's invisible. How does Moses go from saying, God, choose anybody, to God, yes, I'll be used by you. You know how? He spent time with God, and God took care of the insecurity. God took care of any lack of ability, and God will do that in your life and my life. See, here's the thing. You have no idea how many lives you will impact by simply following Jesus' invitations to follow him and let him guide you. So let me ask you one last time. Two things. What's distracting you? And what's limiting you? Because see, we've got a God who says to us, I want you to live life too the full. I I don't want to take away from your life. I want you to live a full life, a meaningful life, a life filled with significance and purpose. I want you to know when you put your head down on the pillow that your life is actually heading in an awesome direction, that you're actually making a difference with your one and only life, that you're actually doing a great, great job of living this life filled with purpose your Heavenly Father who cares about every detail of your life is saying to you I care about you coming to a place where you know that's going on so what's distracting you and what's hindering you? Allow the Holy Spirit to help you to name the distractions and to get rid of them. And to name the limitations that you put on your own life and through the power of Holy Spirit to get rid of them. To say, I'm not going to allow the things that come to my mind that tell me I can't or I won't, or I've tried in the past and I failed, so I'm never going to reach it. Allow those things to be obliterated by the Holy Spirit. Because God wants to do amazing things in and through you. I'm going to ask Pastor Jeremiah, and I just have to tell you, I'm such a fan of Pastor Jeremiah. I hope you are too. I just love this guy. So, Jeremiah, would you come? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just going to ask him to lead us in a time of prayer. Specifically around those two things and however Holy Spirit leads and guides him. But please, please don't limit what Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. This guy is an amazing guy. He loves Jesus, but can I tell you, God doesn't love Jeremiah one ounce more than he loves you. I gotta tell you this one last thing and then I'll get off stage. I can't wait to introduce you to this friend of mine by the name of Dave Gary. Dave is in the marketplace. And um, Dave's done great, great things in the marketplace. I'm gonna introduce you to him sometime before my interim time here at Heritage is done. Uh, Dave's daughter got married last night in Madison, Wisconsin. I was with them in Madison. I drove here late last night. And, um, but can I tell you, Dave is changing lives in the marketplace. So many people are coming to Jesus Christ in the marketplace just by him being a regular dude who has an anointing on his life in the marketplace. You don't have to get, you don't have to be paid by a church to have significance and purpose. You don't. God has anointed some of you to be teachers and lawyers and factory workers and mechanics. And he wants, and and stay-at-home moms, And he wants to anoint you and powerfully use you so please don't limit yourself please don't limit what you let god do in and through you would you guide us
5: yeah let's take just a moment i'd encourage you to find a posture in prayer that is most comfortable for you and uh and we're just going to approach god's throne together we do believe that the word of god is alive and active that Holy Spirit is speaking to us now, so we're just going to create some space, we're just going to cultivate some space, I should say, where we can interact around the things that we've just heard together. So let me lead us in this moment and space of prayer. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Spirit, we are here, we exist, we are even in community in this space right now because of who you are. And so, Lord, having heard your word, we don't want to move quickly beyond it. We don't want to be those who, who are like somebody who looks in a mirror and immediately forgets what they look like, but who interact with your word and see you reflected there, see ourselves there, and are changed by the power of your spirit at work through your living word. And so with my friends right now, Lord, we, we do ask you, Reveal to us where it is that we are distracted. Speak to us about the things that are distracting us from encountering the life of adventure and purpose of meaning that you have for us. And so we quiet our hearts and our minds before you, and we ask Jesus, by your Spirit, speak to us now. And friends, as, you are, as you're having ideas pop into mind, thoughts that you didn't place there, but that are coming from God's own spirit, I encourage you ever so quietly, even where you are, to, to name those places of distraction for you, to bring them to the light. And there in the light, they begin to lose their power. God, you have heard us name these spaces and places of distraction in our lives. We submit them to you. We lay them before you. God, these good things that you have given us that can distract us from greater things. And Lord, we pray that you would give us eyes that see what you are doing and, and hearts that long to be in that space of of purpose and adventure who are willing to lay these things aside at least as we've been using them and press into something more and now we ask you holy spirit would you would you reveal to us how we have been limiting ourselves the spaces the lies the the words that we have used to limit ourselves and say i can't possibly step into that thing or live in that way because lord you've heard that that monologue in our own minds and hearts. So reveal that to us now. And again, friends, I invite you to to take the courageous step of oh so quietly, right where you are, naming some of those spaces of limitation, because again, in bringing them to the light, they begin to lose their power. Your word, O God, tells us that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that we could ask or imagine. So with my brothers and sisters in this place, again, God, we lay these things down before you. We ask you to to help remind us when we are choosing limitation over the the limitless opportunity that you have before us. Lord, where, where those limitations are coming out of deep wounding, I pray that you would heal our hearts, our minds, our souls. Where we've bought into lies about what we are able to be and do that are, that are so small. I pray that the truth of your spirit and your word would free us. God, that my friends, this family together, that we would be found faithful in living into far beyond all we could even ask or imagine. Not for our sake, not for our fame, but for the glory of your great name alone. We ask all these things trust and expectancy with you. In Jesus' name,
6: amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Yeah.
5: Thank you so much for joining with us for worship today if you would like to pray with a pastor or just want more information about the church in general please go to heritageqc.com connect we also know that god loves the heart of a cheerful giver and your radical generosity enables us to better show love to our congregation and to our community so if you would like to take a moment and give You can do that through the website at heritageqc.com slash give or through the Church Center app. Again, thanks for joining us for worship, and we'll see you next week.